Assalamualaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Welcome to Radio Islam. I'm your host, Tariq Alameen. And you can keep up with us on social media by following and liking our pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You'll find us at Radio Islam USA. And use that same username to subscribe to the podcast. That's right. Subscribe, rate, review, and most importantly, share. You will find us at that same username at Radio Islam USA. Uh, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Recycle Processes. Uh, for their continued support and with that we begin as part of our recognition of breast cancer awareness month we're continuing a conversation with the previous guest halima elamine and if the name didn't give it away yes we are related halim is my youngest sister and was diagnosed with triple negative breast cancer back in april now if you missed the first conversation it's episode 737 candidly cancer and you can go to radioislam.com to listen now, Halima is joining me in studio today to talk about where she's at in her journey. Uh, it's good to have you back. Assalamu alaikum. Walaikum assalam. So where are you now? So last Tuesday, uh, I had a procedure done. Um, I got my left breast removed. Um, it was difficult. Um, mentally, it was difficult. Uh, not so much physically. Uh, at that time, uh, numbing medications and anesthesia, uh, they really do their job. Uh, <laughs> mm. uh, but today, I have to say today would be my worst day. So this morning I got up and it, maybe about 5.30 this morning, um, I woke up and I was just in so much pain. I was in tears. Um, I don't cry a lot, uh, especially with... Um, the situation that I'm going through, I feel like that that can be such an easy downward spiral. Um, now, not that a good cry is not healthy. It certainly is. Mm -hmm. um, but in certain situations, I feel the need to really um, just hold my peace and, and count my blessings. Um, it's so easy to, to, you know, just despair, right? So I didn't want to do that. But this morning, I woke up in tears. I was in such pain. Um... I hadn't been taking any pain medication. Mm -hmm. So that was a blessing. I, I've been feeling so great. And then once reading some of the side effects of these things, and I don't know if, if anybody or for those of you who have had uh, any kind of major surgery, um, the medication that they give you is uh, it's very addictive. You know, if they give you narcotics or whatever, I didn't want to uh, become dependent on the, the pain pills. So I told myself, even before the surgery, I said, well, you know what? If I don't really, really need them, if I can bear it, I'm not going to take any. Um, mm -hmm. So I took some the first night, uh, which was Tuesday night. I took, uh, I took a dose Wednesday morning. Um, and I probably didn't eat as much as I should have because I got really sick Wednesday, right. you know, right. during right. the day. So uh, that, too, kind of turned me off to the medication. Um, so I hadn't had anything since Wednesday morning of last week. Um, no medications. No medications. No, no pain pills. No, you know, no nothing. Um, I just kind of been uh, keeping my body in motion, uh, which was one of the things the doctors recommended. Um, continuing to uh, lift my arm and, you know, uh, carefully, of course. 
Um, but just trying to get back into the the groove of, of my normal life as much as I could. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, w- I would have to say this morning has been my rough morning since my surgery. I don't want to say everything has been easy and, you know, wonderful. Oh, surgery is great. Go out and do it. No. Um, it just, I, I just been really blessed. And I think that, not I think, I know that it's because of um, the prayers that I have been getting so many people have been um, so supportive of me. Um, I really, really appreciate that. Uh, and the doctors that, that I um, have been blessed to uh, to have uh, during this journey have been excellent. So um, let me ask you this. Uh, you talked about how important the, the, the prayers and just the support, community support, family mm-hmm. support has been. Um, but there's a moment where, aside from the outside, you know, um, support, where it, it is very much about how you are processing uh, these things. Right. Right. So when it comes to you said that, um, you know, after you had the mastectomy, that it was you didn't you didn't really talk about physical distress. You talk about the mental difficulty uh, associated with that. What was the, and it's probably going to sound like a like an obvious question, but I would just like to hear you, mm-hmm. you know, articulate uh, the difficulty mentally around the surgery. Hmm. So, because I've never had surgery before, um, I've never broken a bone. I've never had, you know, my tonsils removed. I've never had surgery before. Uh, my children. Uh, I had them both naturally. I didn't have an epidural. I I just did not know what to expect. So I think there was a level of uh, fear there, of the pain. Um, I can I can be a hundred percent honest about that. I was afraid of how how much pain I would have to endure um, during the healing process. Um, I wasn't sure. So mentally, that kind of that kind of uh, fear was. Uh, it was very troubling for me and it was something that I had to move past and I had to tell myself, Hey, you've gotten this far. Um, just expect the pain. And if you expect it, then, you know, you, you can't be taken by surprise. You, you know, you, you're not going to fall apart. Just know that this is going to hurt. So when I did actually have the the surgery and, and it was time for me to start, um, start recovering, there wasn't a large amount of pain. I mm. wasn't in much pain. Uh, like I said, today is the first day that I am like, I'm, I'm wiped out today. But there wasn't a lot of pain. So once I was able to move past that, mm. um, that that mental uh, that mental aspect of of uh, fearing that pain, the next thing that came about um, that was and and maybe this part is obvious, right? Is my physical appearance. So looking at myself in the mirror and and not seeing that part of me, you know, um, that was very difficult. Now that uh, I am surprised and I don't feel as as silly for asking a question to hear you, you know, put it, uh, put words to it now, because I would have thought and I think I think it's fair to say a lot of people, their presumption would be that the mental difficulty would be around what you mentioned second about, you know, looking at myself about seeing a part that was there, you know, a few hours ago 
not there now. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, when you think about people that have, and, and this is really something I think is interesting when it comes to, um, you think about people who have, you know, who have amputations, yes. you know, yes. um, and how, you know, th there's the phantom pain uh, or feelings, you know, like the, the limbs still exist for them in their mind. You know, mm -hmm. they still feel like it's there. Uh, but to kind of reconcile this, this reality that when you look down, like if it's a leg, the leg is no longer there. It's mm -hmm. a hand, you know, whether it's an injury or medical, uh, you know, situation, whatever the, the case may be. But getting used to this new image of yourself. Um, but, but what, what is also kind of really interesting, I guess, a blessing in, in this space is that unlike in those situations where somebody can get a prosthetic limb, mm -hmm. uh, and generally for those who see them, right, you, you can tell what you're looking at, mm -hmm. you know, you're looking at a prosthesis, but when it comes to uh, mastectomy and reconstructive surgeries now, you, I mean, for, for you would know, but for any first you know just folks that see you in general would have no idea yeah. uh did, did that come to mind you know as far as you know approaching this thinking that okay well i have to get used to uh my appearance or not having this piece of me just for a temporary um period of time so did, did that weigh in on how you mentally uh, have approached this um that's a that's a good question. Um, and let me say, I, I appreciate that connection. I appreciate that connection, like losing a limb or losing a hand or something. Yeah. Um, it's so different because for me, um, <laughs> uh, you know, without sounding too vulgar or whatever, right? This is, it, it's not something that I use every day, you know? <laughs> I don't use them every day. You know, my children are, are you know, well beyond the years of breastfeeding. Um, I am single. I do not use them every day. So, <laughs> so it was, um, it was kind of a realization that hit uh, maybe a couple of days after. So the first day I was just, you know, still, I think, in a little bit of shock of surgery. You know, okay, thank God I, I, I made it. You know, I made it. That's the only thing I was really thinking. Like, people die during surgery. Yeah. And and um, I kind of kept that in the forefront of my mind. Uh, just, you know, just being grateful and being thankful and, and understanding that um, every aspect, every single moment of my life um, has been... Um, a gift from Allah, and uh, I didn't want that to be the end of it, but mm -hmm. I I also understood that it very well may have been. So once I got past that first day of saying, you know, I'm alive, wonderful, I made it, you know, um, <laughs> like a day later, I was wondering if I wanted to look, and my answer to myself was no, I didn't want to see it. So I didn't look at myself for a couple of days after surgery. Hmm. So once I really looked and I was like, okay, yep, it's gone. Um, you know, I, I accepted it. But thinking of someone losing a leg or, you know, our, our veterans or, uh, you know, someone in a car accident or people with different um, debilitating uh, diseases that, you know, you know, cause amputation, all sorts of things, I still felt thankful. Because I said, this is not something that I really need at this point in my life. Mm -hmm. um, of course I want it. Right. <laughs> of course right. I would like to have it, you know. 
Um, but my health is more important. Um, my my safety, the safety of, of, of my future is more important than my physical appearance of saying, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose my boob. Oh my gosh, I'm going to lose my hair. Oh my gosh, I'll, I'll lose weight. I, I was not concerned about those things as much as I was concerned about um, getting healthy, fighting the fight, um, moving past this um, very difficult time and understanding that even in even in my difficulties, there are still blessings that were raining down on me because, you know, I, I could have had a different type of cancer that would cause me to have a limb removed mm. and my life would be completely different, you know, and I, I admire the strength of those people who continuously move on regardless of, of the difficulties that they face. Um, and, and when you always think about that, like somebody has it worse than you and they're doing way more. Yeah then there's yeah. no reason for you to stop and, and cry and fall apart. You know, you, you got to keep moving. With that, I'll tell you one of the most inspiring things I've seen. You mentioned our, our veterans. Uh, there is a gym that is uh, specifically designed for, uh, and it serves mostly veterans, but it's, it's designed for folks who have who have gone through limb removal wow. or, or maybe they were born without those limbs, right? But wow. they their, um, their equipment is uh altered so that you know folks can still get in there and work out i, I watched a wow, uh, there was fantastic. a quadruple amputee and this brother had like straps around his bicep right and, his, mm -hmm. and he, i think he had maybe he had lost his arms underneath uh the elbow okay but he had straps around you know each of his biceps and he was like doing shrugs and wow. overhead presses and wow. <laughs> uh, so just this idea of, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep going. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it, it does become very difficult to have a pity party when you see somebody else yeah. that is really, you know, that is that their challenges make yours look like a, you know, a walk like on a the park. Hill. Right. But still, you know, the, the, the most real pain that anybody feels is, uh, is the one they're feeling, right? It's, yes. it's difficult to to say, you know, I, I can admire and I can empathize and all those kind of things for what other people are going through. But if I just, you know, if I just cut my hand, that's the only thing that I can feel, mm -hmm. you know, physically feel. So um, talk a bit about how your response to uh, to this point in your life, this this trial, has been possibly maybe an upliftment for uh, for others who maybe you know they may be going through something that doesn't quite come to the grade of of, of what you what you're going through at this point, mm -hmm. but they see your response and they say, man, you know, I, I appreciate that. Well, um, hmm. well, let me tell you a quick uh, a quick story. So before I found out what date my surgery would be. Um, I was having treatments uh, for chemo and people would continuously comment on my head wrap. I always had my head wrapped and they would say, oh, this is so nice. I really like it. Um, and I'm like, oh, it's super easy. I can show you how to do it. Um, and not really just patients, but the staff members at the hospital as well. So I talked to uh, my doctor and I said, you know what? I want to come back and do a... Um, like a workshop 
for the chemo patients and show them how to wrap their hair, um, different ways that they can, you know, kind of, uh, you know, show their own style, uh, without having the hair if they don't want to put a wig on. Uh, a lot of people don't know unless you've been through chemo or had your hair fall out for some other reason. But when your hair grows back, it, it hurts, which is so weird to me. It was like a weird thing. Like my scalp hurt, like the follicles hurt when it, when it was growing back. So putting on a wig or anything like that is, um, is kind of painful during that uh, point. So I said, well, let me just figure out, um, when I can come back Your and with the, hurting. yeah, my head hurt. It was, it, it hurt mm. growth. It hurt. It's painful. Mm. Yes. So, um, so I, I would wear a particular type of scarves and I would wear them a particular type of way where it wasn't, you know, it was, it was uh, uh, the least amount of pain as possible. So I talked to the doctor and I said, you know, I want to do like a workshop or something. Um, you know, she's like, well, you know, is it going to cost? No, no, I'm just going to do it for free. Just, I just want to show people how to do this because it might help somebody, you know, like this helps me. It's just knowledge that I have. So why not share it? Right. Um, so she said, well, we have this breast cancer event coming up, breast cancer, uh, breast cancer awareness event um, happening on October 18th. And I said, okay, cool, great, let's do it. And she said, okay, well, I'll, I'll uh, link you up with the, with the uh, director of it and you guys can go from there. So I spoke to the uh, woman, a uh, beautiful woman named uh, Brenda, Brenda with the IE. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, she spells it with an IE. I've never seen it spelled like that before. So I always remember that that's how she spells her name. But anyways, um, lovely lady. She says, um, I'll just give you a booth. And I said, oh, okay, sure. I'll take the booth. So I, time passes by and I figure out what date my surgery is. It's supposed to be October 7th. Um, I have a genetic condition, um, where it, it leaves me prone to certain other types of diseases. So they want us to check that out first to make sure that I could be clear for surgery. Um, something called paraganglioma. I think that's the name of it. Paraganglioma. Hmm. So, um, and if you've never heard of it, uh, you probably don't have it, but it's something good to check out anyways. <laughs> <laughs> um, so everything came back fine, you know, no problems with that. So that led my surgery to be pushed back for a week. So instead of having surgery on the 7th, I had it on the 15th. The event was on the 18th. So they're like, okay, there's no possible way you're going to come back out after surgery. So just heal up, rest up. Um, but are you still coming? You know, they still ask. And I was like, you know what? Yes, I'm, I'm still going to come. And I told myself, uh, the doctor said, you know, keep my arms elevated, you know, have some movement to make sure that um, the stiffness doesn't set in. So I said, well, if I'm doing head wraps, that's actually kind of good exercise. So I said I would do it. So I showed up, um, tubes, you know, I, I still have my draining tubes. I have two draining tubes. Um, you know, I wrapped them all up tight and I, you know, put on my cutest little outfit that I could put on for the day and I headed down to the hospital. And, um, my sister, uh, came and she helped me set up. She, um, our sister, uh, she's my sister now. Um, <laughs> no, yes. Our sister came, um, uh, my oldest sister and, and she was just wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Um, so we showed people how to do head wraps. Um, we, we gave some away, you know, uh, people's like, Oh, how much are these? And it's like, you know what? These are 
you know, you just take them. You can just take them. If you want to leave a donation, you can, but just take them, you know. Mm-hmm. So we had several women come up and, you know, they took an armful and, and you know, really? and we left them with a, a gigantic smile and thank you and, and see you next year. Uh, we had some uh, women who came up and they didn't need any scarves. Uh, they had their hair, um, but they wanted to do something. So we exchanged information and said, well, if you come back next year, I want to donate my stuff. I want to I want to buy some things to give, I, you know, so it was a way to help. So while all this was going on back to uh, how this relates to your question. Right. Mm-hmm. While all this was going on, random people kept stopping by the booth um, and, and smiling at me, you know, as if I had known them my whole life. And I had never seen them before. Uh, a couple of people, I, you know, I noticed um, that I recognized them from like uh, surgery. You know, there were a couple of med students that I recognized. I was, you know, happy to see them. They were happy to see me up and about, surprised, of course. Mm-hmm. But after about the third person who stopped by, my my doctor came in, um, who usually runs this breast cancer awareness event. This was her first year off because uh, she had just had a baby. So she brought a little four-month-old baby, gorgeous little baby. Um, so she came in. She's like, okay, I'm really sorry. I might have told people that <laughs> that you're here and you showed up to do this and you just had surgery on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And and I was like it's absolutely fine. It's absolutely fine. Um plus I had already signed a disclaimer, you know. Uh, <laughs> Hold on. There's a disclaimer you got to sign? Yes, because the news was there. You know, they were taking pictures. So as a patient... Oh, oh to be at the event. Right. So as okay. a patient, right. you sign and, and you kind of just... Like a release form to let them know, uh, yes, you can share my medical condition. You can share my picture, my name. Um, and you check off different things, you know, that you want. So I had already done that. Because um, I don't want to get her in any trouble. She, right. <laughs> she did. So... Um, it was it was good. It was good. And I could tell just talking with those people, because I did talk to them like I had known them my whole life. You know, why not? They came over to smile at me and talk to me. Um, there's no reason to be rude. Hey, get out of here. This is my business. You know, right. um, and I was there to share my story. So that's what I did. Uh, I was able to kind of connect with them on on a, a level that I think a lot of people don't get a chance to connect um, in that way. Uh, I was just a person, you know, mm-hmm. I wasn't the patient at that moment. You know, I was just a person. I was just a person who, um, who had surgery and was doing well. You know, I, I think that's really important because I think the perception that many of us have in dealing with, uh, surgeons in particular is that they are approaching, and maybe this is from watching too much television, right? These uh, medical procedurals and stuff like that but uh, is that they approach the person from a very detached place and I think mm-hmm. in medicine in general you're treating illnesses uh, and or the perception is that you're treating illnesses and not necessarily the person right so I'm, I can I'll prescribe you this or I will will say that this is the particular regimen you need to be on um, and so it becomes really disconnected mm-hmm. so for you know to have opportunities where you can go beyond that detached type of environment and you know and just connect with folks as people i think that's really that's really uh that's wonderful it was it was really good one one of the med students i was able to talk to her um 
just such a bright, bright young lady. Um, she asked me a question. We were talking about running and, and I said, well, you know, I've been doing some quick jogging since surgery. And she just looked at me like, what? I said, well, you know, just quick walking because I had uh, built up to about maybe almost four miles before yeah. I um, went to surgery. Mm -hmm. And I did all of that with hopes of um, strengthening my, my body, uh, strengthening my mind and preparing for surgery. So once I had surgery and I realized, oh, wait, you can't run. You can't get up and run tomorrow. That's not going to happen. Um, so I took a little off time. But by Friday, Thursday, Friday, I was back at it. Walking, of course. Right. But I, I had to do something. I had to stay in motion. So she was asking me. She said, um, I just want to ask you a question. I, I don't get it. <laughs> she said, I don't get it. You know, what enjoyment do you get out of running? I don't get it. She said, you know, I know people say... You should exercise and do this and do that. She said, but running, I just don't get it. I'd just rather sit down. I know that sounds terrible. <laughs> I'm a medical student. I'd just rather sit down and relax, you know. And I was like, well, you know what? I said, I'm at a different place in my life. I said, I have two children. Um, you know, I said, uh, when I run, she said, oh, you're kind of running away from the children. I said, <laughs> <laughs> I said, in some respects, yes, but that's not really what it is. What it is is you are running um, and you are running with yourself. I said, when you get a chance to be by yourself after um, giving so much of yourself to other people, mm -hmm. I said, and, and as a surgeon, um, you know, I was, I was very real with her. I was like, hey, girl, you better get ready. Get ready. It's going to hit. You know, I said, and before you know it, you're going to enjoy things like that. Might not be running. But something that you can do by yourself, for yourself, with yourself, and, and you don't have to be the surgeon. You don't have to be the student. You don't have to be the mother. You don't have to be the, the, the son or the uncle or the, the whoever. You know, you can just be yourself and be with yourself and enjoy your own company. Um, those times are priceless. So it's really like therapeutic for me. Well, that's a, that's a huge departure in a culture now where we are always connected, mm -hmm. always accessible. And, uh, and then also I was listening to, uh, I was listening to an interview. They were talking about how the brain develops and parts of the brain that are not used basically kind of just die, out you know, die. die yep. off. Right? That's right. And the, the point was there's something that comes in these moments of silence Mm -hmm. And for the brain, you know, to be able to respond productively to mm -hmm. moments of silence and stillness, uh, that's something that is is being lost because especially we think about our children and not just our children, because actually uh, one of the and this was something I think this was on uh, WBEZ on mm -hmm. the NPR. They were talking about this and they were saying that the average adult spends more time in front of a screen than our teens. And we, mm -hmm. we think a lot of times that they're on more than we are, no, it's but us. it's, yeah, it's the opposite. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and all these move, these moving images and, you know, the, the constantly uh, changing colors and just, the, just constantly being stimulated. So that's what the brain gets used to mm -hmm. constant stimulation, constant, never a moment of rest. Mm -hmm. And then it gets to the point where people don't know how to handle rest, don't know how to handle not having all these external uh, stimuli. Yeah. So so uncomfortable with yeah, it. So you something don't know like, what to do. Yeah. So so you saying something like, well, you know, I'm going out to run, to be by myself, with myself. I'm doing this as 
you know, it's just about me. And it's kind of, it's kind of unplugging or maybe plugging into something else into, into a different reality. Plugging into the peace, plugging into your peace. It's so easy to lose your peace in this world. It's so easy. Um, and, and there's so many, uh, so many, uh, giants that profit off of you losing your peace. Um, they profit, you know, handsomely off of it. So it's important, I think, to always uh, have a source of peace. Um, for some people, that's reading. For some people, it's uh, like some sort of uh, physical, you know, exercise. Like me, it's running. You know, yeah. um, maybe you paint, or maybe you sit and meditate. Maybe you cook. Maybe you do something that brings you peace. Um, and once you find out what that thing is, uh, you have to put a vice grip on it and don't let it go for anybody. Uh, you know, and for me, that's one of the things that I would not allow, uh, my cancer, my, my surgery, my recovery. I was not willing to let that go. Um, I wasn't willing to do it. I was like, well, nope, nope. You mentioned stiffness. Could you talk a bit about how that's something that you had to be mindful of? Uh, the doctors told you to do particular movements to mm-hmm. make sure because that stiffness, it can have some really long standing effects oh yes i got i got scared straight after surgery so there was no time uh for my brain to even wrap around um you know what's this gonna feel like Mm -mm. those thoughts were gone after i heard these words if you don't move your arm you will never be able to move it again Mm. That's what that's what my, my, my surgeons told me afterwards. They said, you have to lift up. And like an hour after surgery, uh, they helped me to raise both my arms above my head. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, you know, something is going to tear, crack, break. I don't know what, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the boob is already gone. I don't want to, like, lose a rib. Like, what else is going to happen here? <laughs> and And she told me this as well. She said, you would have to use a knife in order to hurt yourself right now. So basically telling me, I'm not going to rip anything. I'm not going to tear anything. You know, she said, unless you have a knife and you're slicing yourself, there's nothing that you can do that's going to hurt it. You must move your arm. You must move it. Um, And I was still kind of numb a little bit, right? Still off some pain meds. So it wasn't difficult. Mm -hmm. It was in my own mind where I was kind of stopping myself from doing it. And, And she helped me. She lifted my arm up for me. And then I looked up and it was all the way above my head. And I looked at her and she said, no, no, you did all of that. I didn't even touch you. You did that. And, you know, I felt good. I felt proud of myself. I was like, okay, great. I can do this. You can do this. I lifted my arm. But um, because, you know, because she told me very uh, bluntly, you won't be able to move your arm again ever. You know, so every day, uh, and she said every couple of hours, you know, move it a little bit. I think I moved it every 30 minutes. I, I lifted it over my head. I held it with my other hand. Um, I, I rotated it, you know, out like in a circle very gently, but but I did it. Um, back and forth motions, you know, as if I was running, you know, elbows, you know, pointed backwards. Uh, and I think it made a big difference as far as my, my recovery and my healing. I think that moving, you know, made a big difference. If your body is in motion, um, you know, it, it just, it works out better for, um, for your overall health. If your body is in motion, you know, the sickness can't catch it if you're moving, you hmm. know, so. Hmm. Okay. 
So, uh, yeah, that that's a scary, uh, a scary thought. I mean, to think, you know, man, I just had a mastectomy and you're telling me that if I don't move my arm, it's basically like I just lost my arm, my arm as well. Too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's wild. And until you had mentioned that, I like I never knew that that was even a consideration. Mm-hmm. Like, why would you even think? But then you know, you start breaking it down and understanding the uh, the particulars of the surgery and everything that's involved mm-hmm. uh, with the like, scar oh. tissue and everything. Like yeah. some a uh, couple of years ago, I blew out both my knees, um, and I same time. Yep, same time. I blew out both my knees. Why don't I remember this? Um, you were somewhere not paying attention to me, <laughs> which is why I blew out both my knees. <laughs> no, I I blew them both out. I could not go down into Sajda to make prayer for like four months. Wow. I I was just I was ugh. It was such a, a miserable time for me because I felt like. I could have avoided it. That's I just kept, I won't say how I did it, but I just felt like I could have avoided it. Um, and that was the aftermath. You know, I blew both my knees out, but I was so afraid to move them. Um, yeah. And if you've had knee pain, you know how bad knee pain can be, right? I was so afraid to move them that I didn't move them at all. Mm-hmm. Something, um, and I have to say like, uh, you know, uh, Allah brought it to me. Um, yoga. Now, I know you remember us doing yoga when we were kids. Like, we grew yeah. up doing yoga, all kind of stuff. Um, but it, it came back to me a little bit, and I said, oh, well, maybe the yoga will help. Maybe it'll help with the stretching. And, you know, I did yoga for maybe about a month. I didn't stop. I kept doing it, right? But I did it for about a month, and after about a month, I felt like nothing had ever happened to my legs. Wow. But but like before then, there was I know there was scar tissue. There were you know, it was so tight. I I could barely even bend. I couldn't even do anything. But the stretching and the motion and the movement again, it really helped. It's just it's just good for your overall health, even if you don't have any health conditions or any illnesses or any recoveries to, you know, to get through um, some sort of exercise. It's just good for you, for your body and your mind. So how has this altered your um i guess your approach to difficulty just in general right everything is not going to be you know a massive uh trial but how has this changed uh changed your perceptions or has it um i i had a thought a while ago um when i first found out that uh that i had cancer um and I told myself, I said, well, when things go wrong, if all you can think to do is to continue doing what you've been doing, then you're on the right track. So for me, there was no drastic life change that I, you know, I, I feel like I was already doing the things that I needed to be doing um, to be a, a good person, to, to be a healthy person. Um, I felt like I was already doing those things. The thing that changed the most for me was my awareness and my sincerity. Um, you can say, you know, oh, I'm so tired, you know, and you could really mean it, right? Or you can walk 30 miles, you know, through the desert and, and sit down, have an opportunity to sit down and drink some water and say, oh, I'm so tired. 
This, you know, you're you're sincere in both ways, but one of them just means a whole lot more because there's a different awareness there. Yeah. So with the conditions um, of my life at this time um, and, and what it will be in the future, um, I have a different awareness of things. And, you know, when I say thank you, God, I mean, thank you, God. I mean, thank you. Thank you for this pain medication that I decided to take today. I'm so happy because I'm feeling so much. Oh, you know, I I, I toughed it through. I was like, I'm not going to take it. I'm not going to take it. And this morning I was like, oh, no, I got to take it. Which of the favors of your Lord will you deny? Not that pain medication. Not today, Jack. (laughs) Um, So it just, you know, it just brings, um, it brings more sincerity. And I feel like I'm a more sincere person. Uh, I feel like. You you were not very sincere. No, I was the worst. No. Yes. That's what no. everyone said. Yeah, that's what they're saying, right? <laughs> great dress, great dresser, not sincere. <laughs> not sincere at all. <laughs> no, I mean, it 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 just changes you. It does. It changes you, and I feel like if you are not um, aware of a higher power, it's gonna change you for the worse. Um, every time, every time it will. So, uh, my my journey has brought me closer to Allah uh, in ways that I cannot even verbalize. I cannot even verbalize. Um, it's, it's just a feeling. It is a wholeness. Um, it is a, a disregard to um, anything other than what brings me peace. Uh, anything other than than what brings me peace, um, and and being happy to do so, you know, being happy to say no, unapologetic. Yeah, being happy to say, you know what, I'm not giving that my energy right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's 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 been a beautiful journey. It's been a beautiful journey. Mm. Well, I think that's a good uh, point to close up on uh, right now. And is your page still up? It is. It is. Candidly Cancer. Um, It's on Facebook. Uh, You can reach me at uh, candidlycancer at gmail.com with questions and concerns. Um, As as you know, I am very candid about it Um, and just with hopes to help somebody else, you know, with hopes to help somebody else. Um, Yeah. So so reach out, like, share, comment, all that good stuff. Um, I'm, I'm still here, still fighting the good fight. All right. All right. Look, so our next conversation, we will not be talking cancer stuff. We've got some other stuff to talk about. Yeah, there's a big party coming. No. Oh, oh. No, no, oh. no. That's not what we're talking about. Oh, oh, okay. Sorry. What party are you talking about? Oh, never mind. Never mind. I thought we were going to invite them. Never mind. Sorry. Sorry. Disregard. There's no party. There's nothing happening. Anyway, okay. Uh, these types of things do happen um, when your sister has no filter. <clears throat> it's that candid part. <laughs> All right, family, uh, we thank you all for joining us again for another edition of Radio Islam. I'm your host and producer, Tariq Alamine. Our executive producer is Abdul Malik Mujahid. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Radio Islam. Subscribe to the podcast at Radio Islam USA, wherever you get yours at. We remind you that the views expressed by the host and our guests are theirs and not to be taken as a representation of Salvage and Foundation. And with that, we'll leave you as we greeted you. You can join me. <clears throat> Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. And you. That's just terrible. <laughs> <laughs>